Chapter 18 of the Story of Eclipses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Olson Fytak, Los Angeles. The Story of Eclipses by George Chambers. Chapter 18 Strange Eclipse Customs. I had intended heading this chapter eclipse customs amongst barbarous nations but in these days it is dangerous to talk of barbarians or to speak one's mind on points of social etiquette so i have thought it well to tone down the original title otherwise i should have the partisans of the heathen chinese holding me up to scorn as a reviler of the brethren did space permit a very interesting record might be furnished of eclipse customs in foreign parts an eclipse happened during lord mccartney's embassy to china which kept the emperor and his mandarins for a whole day devoutly praying the gods that the moon might not be eaten up by the great dragon which was hovering about her the next day a pantomime was performed exhibiting the battle of the dragon and the moon and in which two or three hundred priests bearing lanterns at the end of long sticks dancing and capering about sometimes over the plain and then over chairs and tables bore no mean part professor russell who is quoted elsewhere in this book with respect to chinese eclipses makes the following remarks in regard to what happens now in china when eclipses occur it will be interesting here to note that even at present by imperial command special rites are performed during solar and lunar eclipses a president from each of the six boards with two inferior officials dressed in their official clothes proceed to the tai chung su when the eclipse begins they change their robes for common garments made of plain black material and kneeling down burn incense the president then beats one stroke on a gong and the ceremony is taken up by all the attendant officials a writer in chambers journal in an article entitled the hindu view of the late eclipse gives an interesting and original account of diverse hindu superstitions and ceremonies which came under his notice in connection with the total eclipse of the sun of august eighteenth eighteen sixty eight he remarks that european science has as yet produced but little effect upon the minds of the superstitious masses of india of the many millions who witnessed the eclipse of the eighteenth of august last there were comparatively few who did not verily believe that it was caused by the dragon rahu in his endeavour to swallow up the lord of day the pious hindu before the eclipse comes on takes a torch and begins to search his house and carefully removes all cooked food and all water for drinking purposes such food and water by the eclipse incur grahana sesha that is uncleanness 
and are rendered unfit for use some with less scruples of conscience declare that the food may be preserved by placing on it darba or kusa grass and much more to the like effect is duly set out in the interesting article cited during the total eclipse of the sun of august seventh eighteen sixty nine the following incident is noted to have occurred at a station on the chikalt river in alaska north america frequented by indians about the time the sun was half obscured the chief Kuklukes and all the indians had disappeared from around the observing tent they left off fishing on the river banks all employments were discontinued and every soul disappeared nor was a sound heard throughout the village of fifty-three houses the natives had been warned of what would take place but doubted the prediction when it did occur they looked upon me as the cause of the sun's being very sick and going to bed they were thoroughly alarmed and overwhelmed with an undefinable dread a still more thrilling incident is thus recorded of the eclipse of july twenty ninth eighteen seventy eight by a witness at fort sill indian territory u s on monday last we were permitted to see the eclipse of the sun in a beautiful bright sky not a cloud was visible we had made ample preparation laying in a stock of smoked glass several days in advance it was the grandest sight i ever beheld but it frightened the indians badly some of them threw themselves upon their knees and invoked the divine blessing others flung themselves flat on the ground face downward others cried and yelled in frantic excitement and terror finally one old fellow stepped from the door of his lodge pistol in hand and fixing his eyes on the darkened sun mumbled a few unintelligible words and raising his arm took direct aim at the luminary fired off his pistol and after throwing his arms about his head in a series of extraordinary gesticulations retreated to his own quarters as it happened that very instant was the conclusion of totality the indians beheld the glorious orb of day once more peep forth and it was unanimously voted that the timely discharge of that pistol was the only thing that drove away the shadow and saved them from the public inconvenience that would have certainly resulted from the entire extinction of the sun a certain m f kerrigan in a book published in eighteen forty four made the following remarks on ancient jewish ideas respecting eclipses the israelites like their benighted neighbours esteemed an eclipse of either luminary as a supernatural and inauspicious omen which filled them with the most gloomy and fearful apprehensions as may fairly be deduced from the eighth chapter of ezekiel verse fifteen then he brought me to the door of the lord's house which was towards the north and behold there sat women weeping for tammuz 
now tammuz is the name under which adonis was known in palestine he was the favourite of venus or astarte the principal goddess of the philistines and phoenicians being killed by a wild boar the prevailing superstition of the age induced the uninformed multitude to believe that when the moon was eclipsed it was in compliment to their beloved goddess venus or astarte who concealed behind the full moon sat weeping under a dark veil for the loss of her beloved tammuz or adonis the african travellers r and j lander have given a graphic account of what took place on the occasion of the eclipse of the moon of september second eighteen thirty as witnessed by themselves the earlier part of the evening had been mild serene and remarkably pleasant the moon had arisen with uncommon lustre and being at the full her appearance was extremely delightful it was the conclusion of the holidays and many of the people were enjoying the delicious coolness of a serene night and resting from the laborious exertions of the day but when the moon became gradually obscured fear overcame every one as the eclipse increased they became more terrified all ran in great distress to inform their sovereign of the circumstance for there was not a single cloud to cause so deep a shadow and they could not comprehend the nature or meaning of an eclipse groups of men were blowing on trumpets which produced a harsh and discordant sound some were employed in beating old drums others again were blowing on bullocks horns the diminished light when the eclipse was complete was just sufficient for us to distinguish the various groups of people and contributed in no small degree to render the scene more imposing if a european a stranger to africa had been placed on a sudden in the midst of the terror-struck people he would have imagined himself to be among a legion of demons holding a revel over a fallen spirit end of chapter eighteen recording by linda olsen fytak los angeles